Accessing library computer data. Hello listeners and welcome to yet another edition of the Engage podcast. Today's podcast is a bit special as we are joined by the crew of Trekmate. Uh, hope you enjoy. It's all about JJ Abrahams and what he's done for the franchise. Hello and welcome to Trekmate. My name's Wayne Emery. And my name's Matt Warwick. And we're being joined by the one and only Engage podcast. Introduce yourself, guys. Hello, I'm Jamie. Oh, is, Phil. is no one else oh, saying anything? Just, <laughs> no, I was being polite. Just, just me then, just me then. <laughs> I think we're both ready to go. Uh. <laughs> you I'm first. Phil. And I'm Simon. And I'm Jamie again. Hello. All right. My <laughs> light stealer. That's what it's normally like at the podcast, isn't it? What are yeah, you doing? Normally. I don't know. I don't know. You, you do it first. No, no, you do it first. Hey, that's the thing. You. you Work out your rhythm, that's fine. That's anyway, fine. thanks Why do you think I had on my T-shirt, I do tend to babble? <laughs> babble the fuck on, my friend. <laughs> Thank it. you for having us on, guys. We really appreciate it. It's lovely yeah, to thanks for the opportunity. No, it's a pleasure to have you guys join us. That's the thing. It's, uh, you came to my attention a little while ago and I've been in touch with Simon and it turns out mm-hmm. I didn't even realise that uh, who Simon was until she <laughs> told me. It's like, yeah, I haven't been on before, have I? Has he hmm. been bragging about getting into the Star Trek magazine about you? No. Is that what no. it is? Is he be like, oh, 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 you see this bit here? There's a writing about me. Oh, and, oh, and, and, and oh, no, there's I'm... another comic. <laughs> I, have, I have heard he's bragging on your podcast. I was just going to say, did, I, did it mention in the email? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't the first thing I read to you about, Wayne, I must admit. Yeah. Did I utter anything, Wayne? No, you have never uttered a single word. I found out on my own terms. That's the thing. And that was uh, writing into uh, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek, wasn't it? I'm not saying anything because then I'll say (laughs) I'm bragging. I know what those two are like. Oh, don't worry. Larry's a friend of the show. You can brag all it's, you like, so it's fine. It's, it's impressive you've been in there twice. It really is amazing. Well, I'll so. put my all here and my claim to fame by saying I got chatting with him at the uh, the Hula Hula layout and uh, De- Destination Star Trek 3, and all of a sudden said, can I have a sound bite from you? Took him outside of the venue, away from everyone else, and got him to record it, and it was absolutely freezing. <laughs> uh, no, that's Larry's good for that. He's, no, he yeah, he's an absolute podcasting whore. He loves it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we need to get him on our show at some point. He's on our to-do list. That's it, just drop him a line. Drop him a line. I don't know if, if the show could cope with the three of you and Larry at the same time, though. The <laughs> thing is, I am I am warning you, If I by just the brief conversation that we've had with you three, if you add Larry Nemechek into the uh, fold, you are going to be recording for about four hours. So as long as you're aware, yeah. that you're going to have a lot of editing to do. That's a- that's not my problem. That falls down to me. Oh, oh, there we go. That falls down to me. So, yeah, I have to record it on a day when I'm not working. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. You're going to need to dedicate your time on it, Jamie, I'm afraid. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But no, he's, he's got some brilliant stories to tell, and it's always a pleasure to have Larry on. So, no, you and of course, he's talking about Enterprise and Space currently as well, isn't he? So, that's the main. That's the thing. If you get him on, he would come on at the drop of a hat at the moment because he's promoting Enterprise in Space. So, 
Yeah, no, definitely. Do just drop him a line on Facebook. Maybe we can get him to answer the, my defiant questions, Simon. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If it made any sense, Phil. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying anything to this. I'm just keeping it out of it. No. Nah, move on. Move on. Move on. So, I, I, I love at this point all the Trekmate listeners are going, huh? Don't get it. What are they on about? Yeah, they're probably going. Why are these guys babbling? Moving on. Uh, <coughs> move yeah, on. But if they, if they want to find out what you're on about, they're going to have to tune in to the Engage podcast. Plug, 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 plug. Indeed. That's it. And yeah. www.theengagepodcast.com. And uh, also, you guys are on iTunes, Stitcher. Yeah, make sure you search for the Engage podcast, not Engage podcast, because that's something completely different. Yeah, yes. that's a weird one. Yeah, so we yeah we that actually happened with um, Ashley from uh, Red Shirt Diaries, which is a bit weird. weird. Oddly enough, I was looking at that earlier. It's actually, if you put in Engage Podcast, you'll get a company that will tell you how to run a podcast, and yeah, you can I, buy their DVDs. Yeah, I've <laughs> put, uh, put that in the search engine in Google several times, and it always comes up. It's like, no, you, the, I've got to put the Engage Podcast, not Engage Podcast. You should have podcast. it on your favourites. It should be ferreted. <laughs> anyway. That's What's that topic? The topic? What's the topic? The topic, the topic of today. Yeah, the topic of the day was uh, chosen by your good selves. We're going to discuss the JJ-verse and the impacts that it's had uh, on the franchise. Me! <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think it's safe to say, I think we can all agree that it's had a massive impact. I mean, yeah, the question is whether it's good or bad. Ah, uh, bringing it into, well, I was about to say the 21st century, but that kind of doesn't work, does it? Um, <laughs> no, I think it's kind of relaunched the franchise, and I think it's grabbed hold of a lot of people that, like me, need their graphics, need these beautiful ships that they can see rather than a model hovering on a bit of wire going along like that. I don't know. It, for, for me, it, it kind of brought me along. Simon has always gone on about Star Trek and this and that and Star Trek this, Star Trek this, and I kind of was like, mm, yeah, okay, I like this, but I've never really been into it, and then... JJ Films. Oh, what is this? I think, I, think for, I think for you, Phil, it's all about the effects, isn't it? Quite a big part of it is. The yeah, effects. I'm kind of a graphics geek, I guess. Mm. Over that, or very shallow. <laughs> <laughs> it's covered quite thoroughly in our podcast. Don't you worry about that. Will we try and. I've not seen Star Trek 2. He's not seen The Wrath of Khan. Not seeing the wrath of Carl. Oh, it's boring. It's in the nebula. Neil Green will kill me now. <laughs> One of the most awesome battles in Star Trek, and Phil thinks it's boring. But fair enough. I haven't Everyone... seen the fight between Khan and um, Kirk, and it's quite pathetic. Mm. Like... Send your hate Ooh, mail ow. to Phil. Ow. <laughs> yeah, send, send, uh, yeah, send your hate mail to Phil. I was going to say, which is probably not helping our podcast now. Is it? <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah. just like... <laughs> yeah. No, no well, I, I, I do like the original series, certain parts. Stagger of the Mine, there's there's a reason why I very much oh, like that. But we won't go again. Let's get into this debate yet again. I'm Moving not saying on. anything, Sai. I'm not saying no, anything. Bring I'm in the new fans, J.J. Abrahams. I, I, I really enjoyed it, and knowing that the third film he's not going to be around is kind of like a 
Oh, really? But no, yeah, but for me, the first one, second one, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think actually the best actor in between that is uh, Cumberbatch, personally. I think he plays Khan oh. amazingly. Well, the thing is, Cumberbatch is a fantastic actor, and he portrays his character absolutely brilliantly. What people normally argue is isn't the fact that Cumberbatch uh, does uh, like a fantastic job portraying that character, but that that character is not traditionally the same Khan character. It's not mm. canonly accurate. That's the problem with it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, this is the whole point of the new J.J. Evans verse, is because, forget canon, it's all been changed. He's gone back in time, he's stepped on a fly, and everything's different. Hmm. Well, <laughs> that explains it all, right? Just kind of, no. <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah, it's an alternate universe that uh, holds, like, ultimately uh, totally different, like, possibilities. However, you'd still like to see some of the same aspects of that universe uh, within there. Well, I think I think Spot. the thing. No horror. <laughs> I think the thing is, I mean, like, I think for some fun fans, I mean, me personally, I can see where they're coming from. The fact that Star Trek's now become so mainstream, and the fact is, if you watch the first two movies, they're faithful to the original series in a sense, but you don't actually have it's all said a lot more action based and you don't really have the sort of themes of the original series really coming through as much it's all like you know it's it's not much exploration yeah. and i can yeah. i can i can certainly understand old older fa- or just generally fans who who don't like the fact of what abraham has done for that reason i mean i can certainly understand why they they're not as keen on it because it has reinvigorated the franchise but yeah. At the same time, it's... But at what cost? The yeah. cost is it's not pure Star Trek. Because there's, there's the crucial point of this debate is the fact that it is, what, two films at the current. There is no TV series. There is no place for the whole ideas that you face in the series. There's no... It's kind of enigma. It's just whack, bam, wallop, and that's it. Oh, that's exciting. It's explosion here, explosion there. But where's the actual human in, human story? Where is where we're going? Where is, you know, all the, you know, kind of all the things they it's talked cheap. about in the series? Oh, yeah, but there are plenty of episodes of the series that don't have anything like that. Yeah, but the majority of them do. The whole argument that it's not Star Trek, I mean, I sort of agree. But uh, I can see from the other point of view, though? there are plenty of episodes of TNG or Voyager that you would rather just forget. You know what I mean? <laughs> Matt, I would say, though, you still watch them, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically my problem, though. So, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's not pure Star Trek. There's no, there's no meat, there's meat on the so, bones. What's the name of the film? What film? The new films. What are they called? They're called Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes. Yeah. So it is Star Trek. Yeah, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not this is on the tin. I'm not arguing it's not Star Trek, but I'm not. But I'm saying there's no meat to it. It is it's just a lot of action to it. The the problem is is as Jamie alluded to is you can only get as emotionally evolved 
so much with characters that you've seen for four hours comparatively to characters that you've watched for 24 episodes per season. Mm. And uh, that's the problem. It's a question of not that the quality of the acting or the quality of bringing the characters to life is in any way faulty. It's just that you don't have as much chance to engage yourself with them. Because if they if they've done a series with them characters, I'm pretty sure that it would be a, it would be amazing because it would, be able... it would have to be a different series. It would have to be a different show. Well, I mean, you wouldn't be able to pay that 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 sort of act, them sort of actors the money for. You wouldn't be able to get them because there just wouldn't be enough money in a series. You'd no. be paying them movie wages for series, which just wouldn't work. It would no, it would never ever happen. But uh, the thing is, uh, that's the problem that the JJ uh, films are going to have is just that you're not going to have anybody that's always uh, championing them as the uh, the series, uh, like the group of actors that they hold on to the most because you just can't you you can't emotionally engage yourself as much with them. No, I, I would I would agree actually. I mean, I'm working my way through uh, the second series of uh, Next Gen now. Uh, yeah, I was I was about to say the first series, but that was kind of like months ago. So <laughs> can't yeah. say that no more. Slowly so, getting. But there, oh, I would agree because if someone said to me, "Who's your captain?" then I would say Picard. End yeah. of. And who's your crew? I would say. I mean, the thing I'd say with Abraham's, I think what he's done wonderfully with the films is he's captured sort of the essence of the original series in terms of the characters and the way they are. So the relationship between Kirk and Spock, no matter what what's going on in the film in terms of like the action, the Kirk and Spock relationship is never lost throughout any of those two films. It's always there between them. You know, that sort of Kirk, Spock, McCoy sort of, you know, what you had in the original series. I mean, at least that, at least that's what I think. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. I think that it always had to happen, though, didn't it? I mean, if there was yeah. no Kirk-Spock relationship, you know, that, that intertwined, it would be that would be definitely non-Star Trek. Yeah. And I, I'd even have to put my hand out and say that's no good. But then you've also got the comical parts of Simon Pegg. I think he did brilliantly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do agree. Simon Pegg is fantastic as Scotty, though I, I don't think there, there isn't any particular character or actor that lets the side down, as no. far as I'm concerned. But it, it, I'm sure, uh, I think uh, Matt would probably say the same, but it's like your favourite series is always going to be the one that you're currently watching. And considering you're only going to be watching the movie for two hours, that's not a long period of time. Mm. But itself into your memory enough, and then because you'll watch the films and go, "Oh, that was really brilliant." Oh, what? Where am I up to with uh, season three of? Uh, oh, okay, I'll start there again. Exactly, exactly. Because I do really enjoy the new films. I really enjoy them. But then, uh, is I will always go back to the originals uh, as. Old fans, how did you uh, take on uh, take like them going and destroying Vulcan and totally m- messing up the universe, as it were, uh, Jamie and Cy, when you first saw the films? Jamie, do you want to go first or do you want me to? No, you can go first if you like. Right, I saw 
uh, first film, I think three times around. I saw it on my own. Then I saw it with um, Phil, saw, wasn't it? I saw hey, yeah. Phil on the third time, and I saw it with my mum and my godfather on the second time. The first time I saw it, I sat there going, seriously, Vulcan's gone? And the whole bus journey home, I sat, I sat there going, hmm, that means that thing's gone, that thing's gone, that thing's gone. And, you know, oh, you know um, San Francisco's got a big hole in it, that sort of thing. And you just sit there going, hmm, intriguing. I wonder what's going to happen next. So it's exactly what they wanted to happen. So I, I've got no problem with it. I, th I think it's what the franchise needed. Mm -hmm. What better way to reboot than completely change everything and shake the tree? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's changed the uh, mixture. That's what, that's what they've done. And I th I've got no problem with it. it. You've still got the Prime Universe, but now you've got this additional one that everyone can get into and hopefully will spawn a new series, as I said earlier. Yeah, I've, I've actually, yeah, I, I actually agree with you there. So I mean, I think when I, I first watched it, I was along the similar, similar lines of, you know, this is an alternate universe. It, you know, what is this? Because there's so much they can do with it. They've opened up so many possibilities with, you know, what they've done so far. I mean, destroying Vulcan. I mean, that completely threw me. I was like, what on earth? Vulcan destroyed? You know, it, it, it just, as I said. <clears throat> And I've never actually had a problem with it, and I think, you know, I think Abraham's took, you know, a really, really big risk because, you know, obviously he knew not everyone is going to like the films, you know, it, it's you can't obviously please everyone. I think he, I think he took a big risk in what he was doing, but I think personally, I think it's it's paid off. I mean, no matter whether 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 you think it's had a positive or negative impact, it's had an impact, and people are talking about it. Whether they think and maybe that's what he wanted. Yeah. Maybe that's what he needed. You know, and there's no such thing as bad publicity. If well, people as, are going to talk how bad it is, people yeah. are going to be going right. Well, why is it bad? And they're going to watch the film. Well, as, as, so, Richard, as Richard Arnold said back in 2012, he said um, that he thought Abraham's was the person that was the one who that, that what the franchise needed to be reinvigorated. You know, because after obviously after Enterprise ended, and you know, just sort of the franchise just sort of. Well, a bit didn't it? It needed come. It needed to come back punching. Yeah. Although, I mean, I can't really give you too much because obviously I'm the new fan. But I know from talking with my father-in-law to be and and my brother-in-law to be, should we say, who are both big fans of the franchise. My father-in-law to be didn't like it. He hates canon and hates little things that get changed. For example, he didn't like the warp core. He didn't like loads of little things he didn't like about it. But he still appreciated it as Star Trek. And I think that's kind of the the answer, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. It's like I f the only thing that I would find excessive was the change of the uh, warp core chamber uh, where uh, Kirk goes in, and yeah, that's that, that, that's what he You're kept right. going on about. That's what Ken kept going on about. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, to be honest, for me that that entire scene with him. Climbing up the whole bloody thing, it seemed like something more from Final Fantasy than yeah, from Star Trek. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a bit more like like Galaxy Quest, you know, when they've got to go through all this impossible stuff. To get. stuff <laughs> it, 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 it was. Of deep. course, there is five fans in the way. Of course, he did. <laughs> <laughs> right, even even when the ship went to warp, so you didn't like that in the first one, did you? No, so I was going to say the one thing I had a problem with in the first film. Was the fact you had Prime Universe ships, but they were using the warp, like warp drive of 
the Abrams verse, although they came from the Prime Universe. So how does that Hang work? That. So you didn't like the 3D effect when you had the camera brushed through the, the back, the uh, what was no. left after it, it, it um, went into warp. I thought no, that was brilliant. No, that's two. I'm talking about 09. Oh. Pay attention, Phil. I can't really criticise that because every incarnation has had its own. It has. Like the movies with the trails behind the ship, and then when you go to next gen, you've got the the explosion as it goes into warps. They they all. That's just an artistic interpretation. I don't really have too much of an issue with that. But the the jellyfish came from the prime universe, so surely it should have two warp nacelles and should have that effect. Simon and ships, don't start, don't yeah. start. Just don't go in there, Matt. No. <laughs> Stay we all, away. We all, we, all, we all agreed that the warp effect in Into Darkness, the, the blue glitter effect, was amazing. We all, yes. we all, we all liked that. So that's the thing. I never had a problem with them changing the warp effect. I thought it looked perfectly fine. Mm. But like the boys say, I hope I'm just nitpicky yeah, about ships. That's the thing. That's, uh, that's that's my personal opinion. That's the thing. That's what I personally think. But I know a lot of you out there think, sit there going, whatever. Don't I care. Don't care. It's so, about Simon and ships. He, understand his, his camera is now, he's now facing the wrong way. If Simon's camera was facing to his left, so our right, you would see the array of ships on his wall. It is phenomenal. It's got so many. It's just, you can actually have put it in like a museum, like an exhibit of ships. Simon's ship, ships that he's got. Simon's shipyard. <laughs> Give you an example. Me and Simon, uh, me and Jamie challenged him to do a question. How many oh, no. windows are there in the Enterprise D, was it? C, Phil. Enterprise C. And um, he then found out the answer and then gave the question to us in our next podcast. We got it right. <laughs> yeah, we, we, both, we had, was it, three options and we both just guessed. Like, four four options, options, yeah. Or four. We both guessed two different ones, and I got—I think, I think it was me. I think I got picked the right one, so I'll just pick that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> going back to the topic at hand. Yep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, I think overall, I think the—I think the impacts that Abraham's has had on the Star Trek franchise. I think for me overall, it's been positive. I—I I like what what he's done with it. I like the direction it's it's going in, and as I said, I don't—I think without without the films, you wouldn't have Destination Star Trek for a start. I don't think you would have anything as big as that. You still have Star Trek conventions, yeah, but I don't think you would have. There I hadn't have... been one for a long time since before then. Obviously, there have been like, oh, the big Comic Cons and stuff like that. Yeah, no problems. So you hadn't had anything else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> so. But no, it, it's, it's, for me, it's kind of, there's been this whole big rise of, of geek culture so you've got the Marvel comics that's all come back out, all come back out it, yeah. it's, it's, it's no longer to, it's no longer a bad thing to be in that geek culture it's actually, it's actually if you're not into the geek culture then there's something wrong with you if that makes any sense so the timing was perfect absolutely perfect and like you say you wouldn't have all of the, the, the extra shows and I, th- I think the fans love it I think all the old actors love it when I say old actors the older actors you know what I mean play as well as the new well, it's, I mean, I went to Trekology a couple of years ago, and um, there were some fans there who had never watched any of the newer incarnations, and they were only there because of the, the new movies. And one of them was like a 16-year-old girl, girl or whatever, and, you know, it has done, a, it has made people want to go back and watch the older stuff, which is, is fine, you know, as far as I'm concerned. 
But if you notice, you've got the sci-fi channels now, and you've also, Star Trek has now been reruns again on primetime telly, which just never happened, hadn't happened for, what, five, six years before the relaunch in, what, 2009? Was 2009 the film came out? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is perfect, brilliant for the franchise. I mean, as a new fan, it's also brilliant for me to be able to do the podcast, but... But that aside, before we even started doing the podcast, when I started becoming a fan, it was, yeah, I'm really enjoying these new films. Where do I go next? Si, what should I see? What should I look at? Where should I go with this? And again, enough, another one of that is just going through and then watching all the old episodes. For example, I had no idea about some of the, the voyages and everything else. Of course, I'd seen it. I'd grown up with it being kind of in the background. But it's just, yeah. For for me, it's it's not only hooked me, but then got me involved as well. And the thing is, I, I I'm sure a lot of fans are quite jealous of the new fans in the sense of you've got so many hours of brand new Star Trek that you can watch and experience for the very first time as well. So it's all brand new to you. It's like I I do know a few people like yourself that has been introduced with the new franchise. So, w- where would you guys like to see the next film head towards? Mm, yeah, well, we actually did a topic about it, didn't we? Yeah, we did, we did run a... Uh, we actually did a podcast. Me and, me and Jamie did a podcast about it, but I think I'm going to instill Simon's idea here about <laughs> who should be the next uh. enemy, who should be the main enemy, because they've gone out into the world and then they've come back. They had an enemy because they started it. The second one, they went out, and then they come back. Now they're going to go out on their five-year mission. So they've got to meet a foe. And Simon came up with the idea that what was originally supposed to happen was that the Ferengi were supposed to be the main enemy of the Federation. Um, and we kind of all, we've all jumped on that idea and thought it was a good idea that, that there should be a main enemy now. There should be that that next bit that they can move on, but there should be a lot more exploration, definitely. What about... Okay, I'll, I'll throw something at you here. What about Trelane? If they then go the whole Trelane is a Q aspect, what about Trelane in the Q? Um, there's that Q comic currently, isn't there? So they're sort of, all, sort of really doing that. Oh, yeah. So I think it's... I'd say I thought the Fringy would just so... Simon one. <laughs> I think because the whole reason I came up with that is the, the thing is so right field that you don't think of them but they were meant to be scary originally but with the special effects everything they can do these days that could actually make them a big threat now but just have them on the side get them doing the real issues but have them somewhere in the pot because it's almost like everyone's lost their teeth. The Borg have lost their teeth. They're no longer scary. They're all predictable. The, the, there the needs to it. be that next enemy, apart from the Undine, and where there's all the Arconians. Is the Arconians? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it just needs to be that next... Who's going to be the big scare factor of this? The thing is, I I don't agree that it should be the Ferengi, because the Ferengi, obviously, with TNG, they started out trying to introduce them. As and you do know my reply to that. Sorry, you do know my reply to that. Well, uh, go ahead. That's the prime universe. Yeah, I know that's the prime universe, but the thing is, they introduced them 
in TNG as like this threat, and they were just totally unbelievable. And the the species that they then created became the Ferengi that people have grown to know and love. I feel to make them an actual genuine threat for the Federation for me would just bastardize the Ferengi too much. And the, the other, the other point as well is how far do the ripples from what has changed from the Prime Universe to the JJ-verse, how far do those ripples extend? Obviously the Federation is changed and Kirk's backstory and, and the Enterprise and things like that. But all the stuff around the periphery of that, you, you, what effect will that, those changes have had on that? So, so would the Ferengi, when they come in, they're up to that point, everything exactly the same for them as it was. Am I making sense? Yeah. yeah there's, there's kind of no change, so why should there now be a change? Yeah, why would there be a change, for example, for the Dominion? The Dominion will be exactly the same as they are in the Prime Universe because nothing has changed before. in the Alpha Quadrant would have affected them. So can you say that the same for the Ferengi? Could you say the same for the Borg? Yeah, because I suppose there's been no change apart from the only timeline that has changed is actually Earth's timeline. Well, not the, you know what I mean. The it, that segment, yeah. that's Federation, yeah. the only one that's been affected. Vulcan's gone. Um, yeah. Because how much would even the Romulans have been that affected? Because at this point in time, the Romulans had, uh, were in isolation. Mm. So they wouldn't have... Uh, other than having intelligence that Vulcan had been screwed over. Yeah, I mean, there would be differences, but they wouldn't be fundamentally changing the characters. No, exactly, exactly. That's why uh, the, the Klingons, uh, to, to be honest, they weren't fleshed out enough in TOS, so I feel that, that they could effectively uh, make the Klingons a much more substantial threat for that era. But I, I personally would like to see them. If if it had to be a species, then I would like to see it be the Romulans. That's um, interesting because you, you've had them in already in the first film. Yeah. There you go. Well, the the thing is, I would like to see them more in uh, more actually coming back as like the. Like, well, you know, gritted teeth because of what had happened. Mm. Didn't, didn't you, Jamie, say that you wanted the Klingons, but you wanted them there again just as a plot helper? Um, I mean, I think, think for me personally, I think, yeah, I think I did say that, didn't I, when we recorded our, our episode, but we would like included in the third film, didn't we, Phil? I think I said the Klingons, I think, because in the second one, they were just there as sort of, you know, they were just, they weren't really in it much. And I think, you know, the Klingon sort of, and Federation Wars briefly mentioned in Into Darkness, but I think the Klingons should have a bigger role in the next one. I feel they should do. Is that because you feel cheated that you didn't get them before? Um, I don't know really. I just, I, I think, I think for me, I quite liked the way they were done in Into Darkness. I quite liked the way they sort of redesigned them. You know, as as Cy essentially said, they're literally bikers. You know, Klingons, yeah, <laughs> Klingons, yeah. But also, the Klingons uh, have been affected by the timeline because obviously they yeah. had they had Nero captured, and hence their ships can be a lot more kick-ass than what they were for the time as well. So they can be a much more 
actual like prominent threat technologically wise. Mm. That said, it kind of leads on nicely then for the Klingons to make a, a quite a big impact. Although if we now think about it as well, the third film has been the whole script has been <coughs> rewritten, scrapped, and um, who who is it now directing? So oh, I can't remember his name now. Um, Jin Jin Lu or. Was it a French director, wasn't it? No, it's, uh, Oriental guy. Yeah. Uh, he directed the, the Fast and the Furious films. Yeah, the Fast oh, and yeah. Furious. Yeah. Justin Lee. That's it, Justin, Justin Lee. Yeah. Yep, Justin yeah. Lee. Yeah. So he has now got full reign to do whatever he wants. Because not only is JJ not doing it, but his writers are no longer there either. So it's well, it's kind of starting again. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, but isn't um, Orsi saying... I thought was writing it. He, he's saying on as a writer and producer. Oh, I, I, I thought he was, he was gone. No, he was for no. He's just not directing anymore, Phil. He's still on as a writer and producer. So, so it's going to be some remnants then. Yeah. Well, maybe it's Klingons. Uh, but we, uh, as, a, as, a, as a new fan, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing more of the Klingons. Yeah, I'd so, agree with that. So if you had to narrow it down to one specific character, um, that's the thing. I wouldn't mind them just introducing a brand new character like, uh, as being the main protagonist. So not going back to some of the old enemies, creating a new one just for this just for this 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 universe creating a new one and making it whatever species if they do go with klingon just making it a brand new antagonist that's mm. what we want we want something brand new that's the thing that's what you yeah, have been asking for for well really since 09 since i came back that's the and thing. that is quite clever, really, because you then you're not going to have that situation of the old fans saying, "Oh, uh, you know, you shouldn't have redone that. You know, you shouldn't have done this," because they can't. It's, it's a new threat. It's a new approach. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just I'm just on Wikipedia, and apparently on Christmas Eve he said that he wasn't going to write it. He's only producing it. Oh, He's right. only producing. Oh, right. beg your yeah. pardon, then. I apologise for. Well, that I must have missed that because uh, I thought he was writing it. So. I was going to say I thought he was no longer involved. Uh, involved. I remember seeing. I remember seeing it. It popped up on my newsfeed, and I remember sticking it out on Twitter. And it was just literally. It was no longer a case. It was no longer doing anything for it. So. Um, I know uh, you guys have got a little bit of um, feedback from a couple of places where you've asked people for their thoughts on the JJ verse. Did you want to share that? Yeah, I'm yeah. going to get that up now. Just bear with me. No worries. As you can see from Simon's uh, white, white face, he's got a uh, an internet screen come up. <laughs> Either that or something very spooky is going on. <laughs> Oh, his, his friend has sent me one of those horror things where you just see this nice picturesque thing and you just see a, a horrible dummy going... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I've got it up. So, <laughs> Leave that for later, mate. What about Liam? Yeah. Cue Starman. Awkward pause. Cut knife. <laughs> Are we ready? Or what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
You're waiting for me, Sire. You're waiting for me, Welcome to Intermission. <laughs> so, we had a message from Michael Clark from Visionary Trek saying, Where was Trek before JJ? It was dead. Enterprise failed and Nemesis had bombed the cinema. JJ has introduced Trek to a new audience. I've met loads of new fans at conventions. We now want to go back and discover Star Trek from the beginning. That's to be positive. For new films, we... We have an ongoing comic series from IWM. We have more interest in a new series, and most of all, it's kept Star Trek in, lo- in the spotlight. Love it or hate it, JJ has people talking about Star, about Star Trek. I, re- re- I really enjoyed both films. They're really a different in- inter- interpretation of Trek, and they're great fun. If a new series is launched, remember we have JJ to thank. Did so you take a in that? <laughs> I didn't hear you in there. But it's sort of what we've been saying throughout the whole show, isn't it? It's yeah, sort of... no, I would, yeah, I would totally agree. I would totally agree. Uh, I, and I'd just like to add also that the fact is that, you know, people that I sort of know from, knew from my uni, uni days, because I was at university for three years from 2009 to 12, and like, like people I knew who just weren't at all interested in Star Trek. Like I, I said, oh yeah, I like Star Trek. I, I'm like, oh, fair enough, you know. But we were to see the new fear, they were just suddenly, oh yeah, I really want to watch some actually watch some Star Trek, and I actually got them into well, some Star Trek. That, that's leading on quite nicely because it, it, there was that situation of get the Star Trek fans who are fanatical and don't care what people think about them, but then you also get the Star Trek fans that. Yes, they love Starship, but they might not say it amongst their friends just for fear of being outcast or, or, or oh, really? Okay, you like Starship? That's changed now. It's that, again, that rise of the geek culture where it's now become cool. It, it, it doesn't matter. You're a, you're a Star Trek fan, yeah. And a lot of people are because of the films. Yeah, no, it's, it, to be honest... It was a hiatus, but yeah, and you can't really compare the new films to the latter TNG because they they did uh, they just uh, Nemesis particularly missed the mark entirely, and the, the other TNG movies they weren't what Paramount has done differently is they've geared this towards the mainstream where the previous films were geared towards the fan base, as it was, hoping that the mainstream would come along. Mm. So, yeah, it has brought in loads of brand new fans. Yeah, that sort of nicely goes into what um, Rick from Starbase 66 has said as well. It's made it more mainstream, profitable, and infinitely stupider. So he's on the kind of negative side of it. I think he, he enjoys it, but I think it he, they find it a bit stupid the way that it, it's just it's let's say there's no real meat. There has to been it. there has been an element of oh there's money in this and let's now milk the cow until it it can no longer give us anything else. There has I certainly realised that from going to Destination Star Trek twenty thirteen to 2014 was a definite, mm, there's a lot more money screw into this. There's a lot more tighter, there's a lot more... There was just little bits about it that became more like a business than a dream, if you see what I mean. But the thing is, they're never going to really be able to milk that cow until a new TV series comes out, because when the new movies were out and the toy stores had 
the JJ-verse figures, the JJ-verse the ships, they were still sitting on them shelves eight months later, and I was picking them up for £2 in the bargain bucket rather than paying full whack for them because no one has that emotional tie uh, to them to actually make them want to go out and get them. If they re-released a whole bunch of TNG, Voyager, or Deep Space Nine figures, people would be uh, like uh, grabbing them as fast as they can. But And the, the thing is, they're never going to be able to fully milk that cow until the new TV series comes out, and you, you know they're going to time that for the 50th anniversary. I think I think the other thing is from from its comment. I think it's a sense that also, particularly if you're if you're a, an old fan, like back back in the day when you watched the original series, you know there's a certain there's a certain amount of nostalgia you could po- possibly get from 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 the films in terms of how the ca- how the actors portray the characters. But it's that getting that sense of of as you say of Roddenberry's theme of sort of peaceful exploration which has been missing from the first two films and I think I think that's that's partly probably where Rick's probably coming from the fact is that you know Roddenberry's themes you know they're 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 sort of present in a way but they're not really prevalent if I'm making any sense yeah you do make sense and I think that's probably why Orsi has lost the directorial position because he was the big fan out of the like top group and he was probably pushing for more of a traditional Roddenberry sort of Star Trek. Yeah. And that probably didn't go down well. And that's why it's now being rewritten and all. You also got that that prime directive is missing quite a bit as well. The only time it's really mentioned is when they fly over over that race to save uh, Spock, the, the race of a weird white and, and yellow gnawing cloth. <laughs> it's the only time you ever hear of the Prime Directive. The rest of the time, it's kind of thrown out the window. Whereas all the way through the series, it's Prime Directive this, Prime Directive that. It's that morals and and meanings that Simon was going on about earlier. I do actually love that scene. I, I absolutely, yeah, I absolutely love that scene just because it just is is. It does hark back to stories from, say, like TNG, where Picard's considered a god and everything, to having the species that watches the ship rise out and save them from the planet destroying them. This, uh, and then they start working. They just you see them throwing their fucking old scriptures away and starting yeah. to draw new pictures of the Enterprise. I thought it was brilliant. It kind of affected the race. <laughs> I, wonder if they, I wonder what they called it as a god. I'd love to know the name they give it. Skyship. Skyship. So, uh, any closing thoughts uh, on the subject, guys? We want a series. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree <laughs> that they do a series, but I think they've got to do it in a certain way that doesn't hark on to the current actors. It's kind of almost what they want to do next but I don't know they probably wouldn't be able to do it I mean I think I think my closing thoughts would be that the you know I think the overall the impacts that Abraham's you know the films have had on the Star Trek franchise overall has been positive but I can certainly understand the other side of the coin you know see the other side of the coin where it has become mainstream and you know Roddenberry's sort of ideals haven't exactly sort of been really presented much in the first two movies not as much as probably some people would like and people obviously have found it too obviously action based and you know 
you know, I mean, and you, know, and you could even sort of say to an extent, I mean, the Federation is, is peace for exploration, but they seem to, you know, because there's been so many enemies have been fighting, it's all, it's almost become militaristic in a way. The facts that, um, you know, particularly in, obviously in the second one where, um, oh God, uh, Admiral Marcus wanted to, you know, obviously a whole section. <clears throat> Section 31 thing was coming in, so it's the idea of you know, should the federation become militarized, um, which I think as a concept, I think you know, yeah, it, it it it's it's exploring that, but I think it hasn't explored the peaceful side of it enough. If if I'm making any sense here. Yeah, you are making sense. Though Can what I, just... I... go for it. God's oh, no, time. No, what I was going to say was you you are making absolute sense. So what I would maybe argue is the fact that, yes, the JJ films have brought in brand new Star Trek fans. It has created a whole new wave of Star Trek fans. However, I would argue that it hasn't made Star Trek mainstream because it's a question of, yes, we've got this whole new influx, but because there has been two, three-year periods uh, between the films. That's not enough to actually keep within the public eye all the time to make it considered mainstream. Yeah, the only thing they've given it is the birth of, of the online games, which is popular at the moment anyway. You've got that, the, the, you've got Destio, Star Trek Online. Yeah, I mean, I, I can certainly see that, particularly... As I said earlier, we're getting some of my friends from you from university into it. They actually wanted to watch some of like the original series, like back of Star Trek, like you know, back in the sixties. Um, so I could, yeah, I could certainly see your point there, Wayne. Yeah. But you need like, but Wayne, like Wayne's saying, you need that series in between, or you need something in between to to yeah. keep keep it chugging along. Apart from negative press with people with with problems with the pre-production stuff like that, that's that's what you don't want. Mm. No, exactly. And, no, don't get me wrong. With this many gaps, it just it, it fuels the fan base to create its own content, which is fantastic in itself. Mm. So, it's, um, it's our podcast. Exactly. Any other closing thoughts, Matt? No, I think the guys yeah. and you have said pretty much everything. Yeah. Excellent. Though, would you rather see a new series in the JJ-verse or in the Prime Universe? I think it would be difficult to go back to doing one in yeah. the Prime Universe. No, confuse the, the general public too much. Uh, yeah, once you say, go down that path, it's a one-way road. Yeah, I've been up a cold can of worms there. <clears throat> so, yeah, I would have preferred for the third film to be tying it up so it was returning to the Prime Universe. <laughs> Maybe they should do TNG in the new university if that works out. <laughs> you could always That'd do a Troubles and Tribbles episode with this, <laughs> and then you can see, and then we then we can rewrite it by seeing people come back like Cisco. Maybe did. that's going to be the new enemy in the third film, the Tribbles. <laughs> You could just drop a triple bomb on a on a, on a Klingon planet and just see what happens. Yeah. So, just just have a bag of food with triples eating it, and then they'll just start multiplying, popping out of the bag or so, just everywhere. <laughs> or, or or you could even have like say they they, they actually have the Enterprise going past the station, and then there's a big I don't know a, a thing trying to. Um, 
deliver a load of a load of, of supplies, and it's just a box that says quadrupedicaly. <laughs> so for the old fans. <laughs> That's it. You need you need some nods for the uh, old fans. Which is what which is what Abraham's did very well with the two movies. A lot of nods to the original series, a lot yeah. of references. Yeah, yeah. absolutely plenty, definitely. So it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys. We'll have to do it again at some point in the future. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You Thank you for having us on, guys. It's been lovely speaking to you. Yeah, no, it has been an absolute pleasure. If anyone wants to find out uh, more about the Engage guys, head on over to theengagepodcast.com. And uh, you also find them on Facebook, and I'm also you're on Twitter as well. We are indeed, indeed. on Twitter, and we've got and, a blog as well. Yeah, and we've got a blog, blog and well. you can download all of our podcasts for free on Podomatic. Podomatic. But you can go onto our website. You'll, you'll, there'll be a one week great link on the page. You can't miss it. And anyone listening on the uh, Engage podcast, uh, if you want to check us out, if you haven't uh, heard us before, we are Trekmate, and you can find us at trekmate.org.uk, and we're at trekmate1701 on Twitter, and you can also find us by going to facebook.com forward slash trek.mate.1, and you'll find our Facebook page there. So, uh, yeah, it would be lovely to hear from some of the engaged podcast listeners. Uh, and it's been an absolute pleasure having you guys on. So uh, let's do a sign-off. Since, since it was so confusing at the beginning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's get Jamie Sy Phil. Go. <laughs> I've been Jamie. I've been Phil. And I've been Simon. Okay. And we're the Engaged Podcast signing out. <laughs> and thanks for listening. I've been Wayne Emery. And I've been Matt Warwick. And that is Trekmate.